0: I love the way that God puts broken pieces together. Pastor Ryan shared last week about our availability, and many of you filled out sheets of that opportunity. Some of you probably have been questioning all week, what have I done, <laughs> as you filled out that sheet and you've been praying about it. Others of you may have had that mindset of, hey, I'm ready to jump in on, with both feet. I'm putting my faith in action. While some of you may feel trapped where you don't feel worthy of that opportunity that was shared last week. I want to encourage you this morning that God looks at our availability before he ever looks at our ability. As we prove our dependence on him, he increases our capability. He opens the doors of opportunity to do more than we could ever imagine. And it's our responsibility to lean in and listen to the Holy Spirit. To listen to God and and find out what those answers are. And allowing God to begin to work within us to see something great become. The only other option that we have is to dismiss it and walk outside these doors the same way that we walked in. I believe that today God wants us to understand that we're ready to grow. Tell tell your neighbor, I'm ready to grow. Yeah, that was some excitement right there. How many of you believe that growth is non-negotiable? If you have a, if you have a child, you, you believe that growth is non-negotiable. We are going to walk. My granddaughter is now. Uh, Just about a year this next month and she's walking and she's starting to talk a little bit more of words that maybe you can maybe kind of understand. I'm not sure. Um, This is all in videos, of course, but growth is non-negotiable. Our walk in the Lord is non-negotiable. God wants us to be able to grow. And so today, is, is it our choice to grow? There's a stat that says, if you are a hearer. Your retention is only at 5%. If you are a note taker, your retention increases up to 35%. But if you are a but if you take notes and then you take those notes home and you apply it, your retention rate goes up to 90 to 95%. And so today, if you have a pen and you need a pen, we have pens in the back. If you don't have a bulletin, we'll get you a bulletin. If you need the notes, go to our central app. Whatever the case may be, but I encourage you to take notes. I encourage you to take this home, to apply it, to process it, to believe it, to ask God for direction. Because I believe that he wants us to retain the things that he has in his word so that we can be the church that is alive because it's working within us. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, remove all the distractions that we may have, that we may have brought in. God, use us today that we may be able to retain all that you have for us. For you are a great God, in Jesus' name, amen. I want you to open up your Bible to Mark chapter 2. It will be our context this morning. The title of the message is, What Cage Are You Stuck In? And this is an incredible story that we're going to be looking at. It's a miraculous story of what takes place When a group of people see a need and move forward. So Mark chapter 2 verse 1 it says a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum the people heard that he had come home. These were personal accounts of encountering Jesus that were being broadcasted word of mouth. When God's doing something in your life, you begin to want to express that. You begin to want to share that. God is an awesome God. God is doing some great things. And as you begin to express that, this is what's happening here in Mark. There were life-changing moments that were spreading around Capernaum of what Jesus had done. And they began to look, and they're like, He's back! You know, if you've ever gone to a place where you were... uh, If you were, you know, a favorite sports team or whatever, and a guy is hurt and he comes back, you're excited. You're like, all right, my quarterback is back or my player's back. And and you get excited. Well, this is what was going on here. The people were excited. He's back. We see in verse 2, it says, They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. The first point in your notes, it says, There's a time Of excitement. There was a time of excitement. Today can I tell you. There's a moment in excitement. When we see God working in our lives. We see God doing some great things. And there was no room. Why? Because when he came to Capernaum earlier. Said just a few days earlier. He was there. And life change was taking place. People were being healed. People were being changed. Those life changing moments were taking place. And so there was enthusiasm that was going on. Can I tell you. God wants us to be enthusiastic of the things that he's going to do. Amen. God wants us to be passionate about the things that he's going to be doing. Do you find yourself like the crowd wanting to be where Jesus is? Where Jesus is preaching where Jesus is doing miracles? Do you find yourself yearning and desiring to see God move? Or are you on the outside looking in? Do you feel caged? And the incentive to see Jesus seems to be out of reach. I'm a firm believer that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm a firm believer that miracles do happen. Even though in the midst of our fallen world, miracles are not rampant like they may have been here. But miracles do happen. But our focus on, on his message allows us to move forward. But there are some cages that we have to bust open first. The second note in your, in your note says that life's biggest expectations. Life's biggest expectations. is not always what you should be, but what you could be. When we look at the this, this story in Mark chapter 2 at a... 20, 30, 40,000 feet above and we we look down we see a parallel a paralyzed man That wouldn't have any chance to see jesus Everyone in the house was there for themselves waiting Looking to see what was going to take place asking and hoping that god that jesus would would heal them Would take care of their needs at that exact moment It was even possible to find a way in And our story can seemingly have the same view. And you may feel like you're inside of a cage. A cage of what other people have spoken to you that has put limitations on you. You see, life's biggest expectations is not always what you should be. Many of you in this room today are put into a box or put into a cage and you said that you should be this. You should be this type of mother. You should be this type of father. You should be this type of employee. You should be this type of employer. You should be this type of person and you get put into a box instead of looking and saying, God, what could I be? God is looking at you and thinking and believing that you could be something great, that you could be the next leader, that you could be the next um, parent that's doing something great for their kids. But it's not just about should be. It's not just about being in a box, but it's about being something greater. Sometimes that cage, what other people speak into us, has put limitations on you. Your parents said you could or you couldn't. Your teacher said you could or you couldn't. A relationship said that you could or you couldn't. Or an employer said you could or you couldn't. Sometimes that cage reminds us of what we should be rather than what we could be. And there are people that have been saved, filled with the power of God, born again, spirit-filled, are caged because of an aspect of what they should be, rather than what they could be. When a person faces the almost there syndrome, almost got married but never got married, almost got the job but never got the job, almost almost was excellent, but not good enough. Today is the day that we blow the gate off. Today is the day that we begin to allow our opportunities. Of what we could be. rain. Tell your neighbor it's time. It's time. It's time that we begin to look outside the box. To look outside of the cage. That that has been weighing us down. So we look at verse 3. It says. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man. Carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus. Because of the crowd. They made an opening in the roof above Jesus. By digging through it. And then lowered that man, lowered the mat, the man was lying on. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. You see, the identity that we see from the four men brought the attitude of could be. You see, they 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 saw the need of a paralyzed man, a friend that could not get to where Jesus was. And they had the attitude of could be where they went and they grabbed the mat and they started going to the house of Peter and they started seeing that the crowd was there. The room was full. The doors were packed. And they probably were trying to say, excuse me, you ever been in a, a concert or an event where, or, or you're in a, a clinic or anything and you're trying to get through something. And maybe it's just the high grocery store, I'm not sure. Uh, but but you're like, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. You're trying to get through, and, and nobody was moving. Because why? Because they wanted to see what Jesus was going to do. They wanted their own touch from God. They were being <clears throat> in that moment for themselves. And so this identity of these four men brought grace and love and hope to this paralyzed man because they were, they were trying to find a different path to get him to Jesus. See, the man on the mat was paralyzed. He was stuck. He's a picture of all of us in one way or another. Sooner or later, there comes a point where we need help. And even though we may not be physically paralyzed, we find ourselves sometimes immobilized by fear and uncertainty, hopeless and despair. And we get into that mindset where we're stuck and we don't know how, how to get outside of that cage and we're moving to the left, and we're moving to the right, and we see the gate, we see the opening, but we can't get there. It's amazing how God works in creative ways. As I was putting this message together and working on this, I've had three to four different conversations and moments where I've had to meet with people that have said, I'm stuck in a cage. Where their mom has told them, You'll never be a good mother. And they're living in that life. Trying to break out of that cage. But while it's been spoken to them. They feel hopeless. They feel stuck. You see sin can paralyze us in that way too. Instead of boldly confessing our faith. And loving our neighbor. We fear what's going to happen. And what others will think of us. So we just don't do anything. We, we stay in our safe zones. We, we stay in our cages. Or we're trapped in bad habits or addictions that enslave us, that keep us in bondage, turned in on ourselves instead of outward, leading lives of faith and love. We must all confess that, that we are like that man on the mat that's needing Jesus' help this morning. See, every hero in your notes, every hero needs a guide. Do you have a guide In your life. Do you have someone that is speaking life in your story? That someone that is telling you that there is potential on the other side. That you don't have to be locked in this cage. But there is potential. That there is greater things than what you are. what, What has been told you. Are you that type of voice for other people? Are you telling people that they could be. All that they could be when they step away. From what they were to what they can become. As we begin to realize what God is trying to do, we need to be able to celebrate with them. One of the greatest aspects of of being able to pray for people and to be able to be accountable and and to be a part of connect groups and, and to be able to do the things that we're trying to do as a church, one of the greatest things that we can celebrate when people take their next steps, we are able to celebrate as we see the victory that's going on in their life. As they begin to blow up the gate. As they begin to take the weight of the shoulders, come off of them because Jesus sets them free. Sometimes we believe more what they can do than they can. And they lean into our faith to get us through See, the paralyzed man had no, had no ability to go see Jesus on his own. So he had to lean into the faith of these four men. And can I tell you this morning that you may be in a position that you aren't able to get outside the cage. There's, there's things that have been spoken to you that you can't break. But can I tell you this morning that there are people around you that want to be able to assist you. That you need to be able to lean into them. To allow them to be a part of your struggle. To be encouraged by those that are around you to lean into the faith to get through lean into the four friends to get to jesus and so there are four principles to step out of the cage the first one see that these four men they dared to do what was difficult how many of you have ever done something that was difficult Jumping off the high board when you're in second grade, that was pretty difficult. <laughs> right? I mean, we all have difficult things. But these men dared to do what was difficult. It was not easy to carry the man up to the roof. It was not easy to, to look beyond the doorway and the crowd and figure out how we're going to get Jesus to see this paralyzed man. The Bible says that Jesus saw their faith. Faith is something that works in the heart. And then it works the way to the outside. A faith that won't put you in the place to work for Jesus may not be the faith that's going to get you to heaven. You see, it's a risky step. step outside that box. To trust that God is right beside you. It's risky to move forward. To, to go outside that place. To... to to try to find that, that avenue where you can find purpose and hope and love and guidance and direction and be able to become who you want to be. That you don't have to stay where you are, but God's got more potential for you. But it's risky. Because people are going to say things. They may accuse you of things. And they may tell you that you can't do what you're trying to do. It's risky to put all that pain and hurt and misinformation behind you and step out from that cage. It's risky. It's risky for this man sitting on this mat to be able to go. And to be led by four men. To trust that they were going to get him where he needed to go. The next one was that they, were, they dared to do the unusual. Unusual. They were willing to think outside the box. For them, it was not business as usual. It took ingenuity to think of breaking up the roof to get to the man named Jesus. These four men wanted the paralytic to be healed. They they, they wanted to to carry Jesus or carry, carry them to Jesus. Kind of a through the roof kind of faith. Says that though one way may be blocked, there's always another way. Even though you may not feel adequate or that you're always coming against a roadblock. That never seems to be the way that, that you think that you should go. There's always another way. A through the roof kind of faith says, even when the crowd is pressing in one direction, I go and stand out so that I can receive which I've asked of the Lord. A through the roof kind of faith penetrates the situation. Goes beyond round one. Doesn't give up, but keeps coming back. Doesn't die, but stays alive. Even against the odds of the impossible. A through the roof kind of faith is a penetrating faith. A built to last kind of faith. Made for hard times kind of faith. A faith that doesn't buckle under pressure, but grows under pressure. Can I tell you today, they dared to be unusual. When we begin to realize that we don't have to be underneath the weight of what we should be, we can begin to do the unusual. The next point says they dared to do costly things. They might have had the opportunity to pay for a new roof, but I don't know if, if that was even really an, a, a, an issue for them, but but as they began to take him up to the roof, and and again, back then the roofs were flat the buildings were square they were they had some 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 joists and then they had some branches and then they had mud and it was <clears throat> you know that's that was the roof and so they didn't need jackhammers and and all kinds of you know heavy equipment to make this happen but they needed their hands they needed the ingenuity they needed purpose And even though it may have cost them to fix that roof later, these men were willing to do whatever it took to bring the man to the Lord. That same heart needs to be the beat within all of us. As long as it is biblical, we should shy away from nothing to bring people to Jesus. The next point says they dared to not settle for anything less than Jesus. What drove these four men to find an alternative route to dig through a clay roof as described in verse 4 was that they were possessed with a drive and a hope that only Jesus could help their friend right now. It was their faith in Jesus that drove them to reach out in what could be called a fanatical way. It was the opportunity to do whatever they could to find Jesus. You see, sometimes when we live inside that cage, we don't think that we can find Jesus. We don't think that we are able to to break through. Can I tell you today, can I encourage you today, that no matter what you're facing, no matter what situation that you're in, no matter what disappointment that you may may be feeling, no matter what abilities that you don't think you have, that God is right there in the midst of that cage. Maybe you don't feel like you can take that next job because you don't feel qualified. Maybe, maybe the enemy has, has thrown darts at you and, 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 and you just don't know what your next steps would be. Can I tell you today that Jesus is right next to you, encouraging you, wanting to help you as you find the way out of that cage the next point says they dared to be persistent that led to or extraordinary faith. They were determined not to turn back. <clears throat> they were determined not to turn back because they were persistent. I don't, I don't know the time frame that it would have taken to get from where they picked up the paralyzed man to where they were on the roof. Maybe it was 15 minutes. Maybe it was a half hour. But any time that you carry a load, it's about being persistent. It's about being able to get as far as you can and then take a break. Get as far as you can and take a break. And we need to understand that as we are persistent in our faith, as we're persistent in our walk with the Lord, there are going to be moments where we... Need a break There are going to be moments that we have to be refreshed, and I think that goes back to earlier and I said we need to lean into other people as we continue to be persistent. sometimes we feel overwhelmed, and that's the, I think the enemy that comes in and tries to tries to notch us down a little bit and, and starts to throw things at us that we aren't able to do that. The availability that we talked about last week is all about this right here: They dare to be persistent. Are you going to be persistent with the availability that you have for Jesus? Because if we're persistent and we're leaning on other people and we're, and we're trusting in the Lord, even though there may be times when we feel like we're unable to do what our calling was and what God spoke to us last week, what it does is it leads us to the place of, of extraordinary faith. For many of us, when you're called to do something in ministry and, and living for Jesus, when you're called to do and take that next step, you don't know what it's like to be outside that cage of where you're currently at. Because you're consistent with sitting at a chair, sitting in a service, going home and coming back and doing the same thing and repeat. But when you begin to be persistent in your pursuit of him and and asking him to open up the doors of opportunity, all of a sudden extraordinary faith comes through because you've taken that step and you say, God, I need to trust in you. And all of a sudden that moment where you're sitting in the back corner praying for somebody and, the, and, and all of a sudden God just opens up the doors of extraordinary faith. Or you're on the connect team and you're, and you're reaching to somebody and they're coming in and you've seen them out at high V afterwards and, and they, they started talking to you and you're able to share your faith story. And all of a sudden extraordinary faith begins to blow up. This is where God is talking to us. This is what the four men dared to be persistent that led to extraordinary faith. Sometimes the reason that we get out of the cage, sometimes the reason we can't get out of the cage is because we listen to the wrong information. Proverbs 23 7, the first half says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Whatever you think you are becomes your reality. How we view ourselves and those around us determine so much by what happens in our brain when we make those decisions. We have soccer, spring sports start tomorrow. And we're going to condition and we're going to push the kids and we're going to ask them in all sports to do, do more than what maybe they have done so far. And if they come into the practice and say, I'm not going to do this, this, and this. I'm just going to take it easy. I'm not going to work hard at it. The first week of practice is going to be hard. Because the mindset is whatever you think you are becomes your reality. If you think that you can't, then that's where your mentality is going to be. I can't do that. If you want to be able to do greater things and your mentality says, then I have to take the steps to make that happen. It starts up here. God's a big God. God's a great God. But God's not going to move the mountain if you're not willing to do some climbing. Amen? How do we have, how do you have it in your life that can help break the cage in you? The cage becomes our regular routine because we have listened to what we should be rather than what we could be. We stay in the cage even though it is limiting because it's safe and it's secure. See, we've given you the four steps of why the four men dared to be something better But we also see right here that in the midst of all of that, it can be safe and it can be secure to stay where you're at. Nothing, no big deal. I'm safe and secure. I know that someone's speaking life into me. I know they tell me I can't do this, but I feel safe and secure. It's the weight of not making the cut, not being able to see our potential. It's kind of like the electric fence mentality. Anybody ever touch the electric fence? Love it. Gives you a good old zing, right? Or the, or the dog. If you guys have dogs and you have the, 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 the private fence in your yard and you have to train them how far they can go to the fence before they run over it so they, you know, get zapped for a little bit, but then they're free, right? So you're trying to train them. It's kind of the same way. Sometimes the reason we can't get out of the cage is because we listen to the wrong information. Sometimes we can't get out of the cage Because because we don't understand the potential that we could have. We stay inside the cage because we don't see it. But yet it says says in Proverbs 23, 7, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. There are things that we weren't able to accomplish until we made a mental decision to make it happen. and That's where God wants us to begin to see. That we can make it happen, that we can begin to take those steps. As long as I say I can't do it, I'll never make the attempt to try because the excuses are going to win out. And when excuses win out, we can't become who God wants us to be. The story that you tell yourself is incredible because you are the author of the story. You are the author of the story. What story are you going to share today? What story are you going to share to yourself today? Do you have anyone else in your life that is telling you that that there's no way out? Or do you have someone else in your life that's telling you that you can break free? That you can open the gate? That you can make the difference? You see, I see the potential in in, in, in each and every one of you. I see the potential of what God can bring to you. Do I know your story completely? No. Do I know exactly what you're going through? No. Do I know what people have spoken into you and told you that you could not become something because of, of a situation in your past? No, I don't know everything. But I know the potential in Christ. And I know that God can open up those doors. And I believe that God wants to see you do the incredible. So we see in verse 6, so, so now some teachers of the law were sitting there <coughs> thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? You see, people's expectations can keep us locked up rather than seeing a victory. Everyone has an opinion about you. See, these, these teachers and, and, and individuals that were there that were saying, the teachers of the law that were saying, why does he talk like that? Who can forgive sins but God? They had an opinion. And those expectations keeps them locked up rather than seeing a victory. But you can't spend your time trying to conform to what they want you to be. You see, Jesus had a plan. He has a plan for your life. There's victory that's coming. See, it's looking in the mirror to what God has created you to be. See, it's hard sometimes to look in the mirror when you're filled with excuses. When you've listened to the lies. When you have forgotten of what God wants you to be. You look in the mirror and all you see is a cage. All you see is no way out. What limiting beliefs do you have around you that someone else has said that you were to be and you've been caged up by that identity? See, in verse 8, it says, Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts, and he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say that this paralyzed man your sins be forgiven, or to say, Get up and take your mat and walk? In verse 10 it says, but I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up and take your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. (coughs) It was an incredible moment. It was a miraculous moment. But Jesus... You see, because when, when they lowered the man from the roof, the four men were waiting for a healing to take place right away. The four men were waiting. And when Jesus says, go, may your sins be forgiven, they were like, hey, dude, wasn't he supposed to be healed? No, I don't think he was supposed to be healed. I think he was supposed to, you know, they started talking to themselves. Why did Jesus say your sins be forgiven? Why didn't he heal him? Because Jesus is more concerned about your sins than he is of your healing. Again, we get so wrapped up in, and again, I believe in miracles. But we can't forget how important it is to trust in the Lord. And so there's two barriers that keep us in the cage. The first one is eternal. Things inside our heads. Limited beliefs in life that we, are, that we allow in, that I can't do this. Our body, will never be in shape. I'll never lose weight. I'll never be strong. I'll never be healthy. Limited beliefs. Our finances. I'll always be in debt. I'll never have a good job. I'll never, I'll never be able to retire. I'll never be able to tithe. Limited beliefs. In our relationships, my marriage will always struggle. I'll never be, get over what my faults are in my marriage. I can't seem to know my kids. Limited beliefs. It's those limited beliefs that happen That keep us in the cage the external barriers that we face the things that we encounter As the four men began to get to the building what do they encounter they encountered the crowd It was an external barrier, you see we're all at a cage at some level But when we have the attitude of what could I do To get beyond this gate today begins to break down that barrier Are your beliefs for the people around you that you love, are they limiting themselves by being the shoulds that are caged in, or are they the coulds that are breaking out of the cage? This morning, I want you to know that you can be the coulds. You you could be all that you can be as we trust in the Lord. It's time to dream what you could be in your walk with God, your relationships, your finances, your profession, your availability. As we break out of the cage, there's going to be opportunities. We can dream of that. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. That excites me. If you're a guest with us this morning, this is what it's all about. And we can begin to understand how important it is That the old has passed away, behold, the new has come, as we say yes to him and trust in him. You see, we have to be able to conceive it before we can ever achieve it. The mindset that we have to make is, that yeah, there's things that we could do, but if we don't conceive it, if we don't take the steps, if we don't write it, how many of you guys are note takers, risk takers, or uh, I shouldn't say note takers, but how many of you are list makers? You have to have a list. Right? I have to have a list. I have to draw I have to draw it out. I have to know what I'm doing. We see, when you conceive something, you can then begin to achieve it. And I believe that God is so big and so awesome that he wants so much for you. But there's a moment, and right now, this very junction where you're at, that you have to begin to conceive what God wants for you. You have to begin to conceive that there's a moment that God wants you to break open that cage, that you don't have to live underneath the should-bes anymore. You don't have to be the mom or the dad that's been told by their parents of how they should raise their kid and lived in that bubble, inside that bubble, but you can break free. You no longer have to be the child that's living in the should-be's, that you should be this way and that way, but you can become the could-be's. And you can begin to trust in the Lord and begin to be learned or or be taught by the Lord and in His Word and by those around you as we lean into other people. What if today we said, I could... And started dreaming of the potential that we could have. Can I encourage you today to don't stop. Don't stop. Because even though we live in this should be world. Of how you should be and how you should act. And, and how you should do these things. Can I tell you. When we begin to live in the could be's. The doors open up. Potential begins to flow through. And we're, not, and we're not bound by the law of the should-bes. But there is something greater. You see, the paralyzed man should have stayed where he was. He had no way to get away. But he was willing to lean into these four men to see where they could take him And to see what would happen. See as we close today. I can't live this way. I'm so lost. God show me how to live. See the story in Mark chapter 2. Is Jesus' focus. Was on the forgiving of man's sin. Primarily. And healing him physically. Secondarily. The core of Christ's plan. Is to rescue us. From sin. To set us free in that regard. Our physical aches and pains and broken relationships aren't his ultimate focus. He cares deeply about these things. But these are symptoms of the chief problem of the fallen world. The weight of being in a cage comes in many forms. It could be physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, systematic there are people in our community, in our congregation, in our family that are paralyzed, unable to move, stagnant, stuck. And Jesus calls us to know what keeps them this, that way and do something about it. It's the an opportunity and a responsibility of our part to listen and to take action. So what is the mat that you're living on? What carries you? How can we help you stand? How can we help others stand? To roll up the mats and walk. As followers of Jesus, we are asked to take a stand so those who could not walk or, or are maimed by poverty or, or other areas and other situations, those who are spiritually disturbed may be able to stand and walk again. And it's interesting how God works And uses the weight of the cage. The obstacles that we face. The accidents that occur. To bring us closer. To him. In a way that could never have experienced. Could never experience. Had we gone. If we had not gone through it. In that way we would never experience. Something greater. From the Lord. So today as we close. In a way that you can never know. When we're in a cage. But God's opening up that parameter. It is safe to assume that the paralytic and his friends were surprised to hear Jesus say. Son your sins are forgiven. Rather than rise up. And be healed. See if the man in Mark chapter 2. Wasn't paralyzed. Would he have ever come to have his sins be forgiven. Friends maybe the weight. And the trial that you're going through. Maybe the very thing that is shaking your faith in God. Is the very thing that God has ordained to bring himself. And save you from your deepest, most serious problem. Being, reconcil- being reconciled with God. Repenting of your sin. And growing in holiness is, imp- is the most important thing that God has for you. So what are you leaning into? What are the things that you have been told that should be? What are the things that you have lost because you don't believe that you had the potential to do what God's asking you to do? What are the restrictions that you put on yourself because you're afraid to step outside that cage? And to become who God has designed you to be. See today, God wants you to be victorious. And he doesn't want you to be bound. by the things of the people that have spoken into your life. That has destroyed a path. Have destroyed a situation. Because they have brought hopelessness in your life. Today, Jesus brings hope back into that situation. Today, Jesus gives you the strength to become the could-be's in your life. It doesn't matter if you're a teenager, if you're a high schooler, if you're a college, if you're a, an adult, if you're ready to retire, or if you're a paralyzed man not knowing what tomorrow's going to bring. Can I tell you today that Jesus brings hope where you're at right now? Because He has designed for you to be a could-be not a should-be.